Year after year, one of the most consistent items on my do something list is to have fun with fashion. Exploring my personal style has added more joy to my everyday life and helped me feel more like myself on the regular. However, I have found that there are some brands I would love to explore more, but they are out of my typical price range, or there's the it item that I would love to try out, but without the commitment of keeping it. Enter Armoire. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles. I just did my quiz and have selected a few dresses for the summer from Bowdoin, one of my favorite brands that I can't typically afford. And I also got a double breasted black blazer from a new to me designer, a classic item that I have been on the hunt for, but too scared to commit to until I know it's the one. For you expecting mamas, for those who are working or those who are style obsessed, who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Hi, Monica. Hi, Monica. Hi, Monica. Hi, Monica. Hi, Monica. Hi, Monica. Hey, Monica. You are listening to Dear Progressor, a monthly episode full of notes from your fellow progressors of the About Progress community. Oh, my goodness, my friends, we made it. We made it through 2020. Oh, am I the only one who is looking towards January 1st with a lot of gratitude that we made it through a very difficult year. Now I say this knowing that we have no idea what 21, you know, 2021 will bring. And yes, I think we need to have a balance of hope and being practical about what could be ahead for us. Oh, it could be a long road, right? But getting through 2020, I think for all of the world is something we should be looking back on with uh, pride, regardless of how terribly we might have handled it at times, um, with hope, regardless of how hopeless so much of this year felt, and empowerment. Um, because it's only in these hardest of times that we really get the best sense of who we are, and what really matters to us. And yes, those lessons are so difficult and we can't in any way pretend that's not the case but this this is the 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 time for us to really get centered on who we are what matters now on the show for a few years i asked the final question the same final question to every single guest and i asked what have you learned about yourself the last few years and i had to stop asking that question <laughs> because the most common answer was, I'm stronger than I thought I was. And I actually had people write me emails being like, can you please have your guest stop saying that? 
<laughs> and I was like, okay, um, I get you're sick of hearing about it. Um, but you know what, friends, we are stronger than we thought we were. And even if we can't feel it in this moment, and even if we can't feel the strength and we can't see the lessons, I know we will. I know we will. And it just might take another year or two or 10 for us to sort through what all this year taught us and how it has shifted our lives. But I know those lessons are going to come. Today is our Dear Progressor episode, and it is our final one for 2020. And I had a special request go out to you to submit an answer to my prompt, 2020 Taught Me. I am going to share my own answer to that, and then we get to hear from so many wonderful progressors that makes me want to ball because people actually submitted these in a way that thrills me and gives me an even greater hope than I could have mustered on my own. So thank you to every single one of these women. Now, first, before we do that, we always do one segment called What's Happening? This is where I get to share with you what's happening in my life and in the life of my family, since we are totally linked (laughs) together. I am actually recording this episode on a new microphone for starters, thanks to my two-year-old who decided to investigate how my other microphone worked. Um, I'm recording a new microphone visiting in California. Now, long story short, uh, we were here to come, we were coming to visit. We had a road trip from Utah to California to visit my in-laws who have been in quarantine and we have been in quarantine in Utah, trying to keep my parents safe for a reason I'm going to tell you about in just a moment. Um, but we're here to visit for a week. And then the day that I was washing all the laundry and packing, getting ready to pack to leave the next day, we found out that my grandparents had COVID. They were exposed by a neighbor that happened and my parents have been caring for them, which is why we have been so careful in Utah. Um, so my parents were exposed too. So we we decided to stay here until we were past the window um, before we returned home to be with my parents. Now my dad is a doctor, so um, not that that means everything is okay, but my dad um, moved in with my grandparents to take care of them for over a week and they're doing better COVID wise. So we're not quite sure um, how that will pan out for them in time, but we're hopeful. And um, so thank you for those of, who, of you who have inquired about that. So that's why we are here. We've been for, here for three weeks and um, we're on the tail end of it. And it's been really beautiful to return to a place that I absolutely would call home. And you can hear me getting emotional. It's been bittersweet to be back. It's been really good to be in our hills again. Um, it's been really hard that we can't see people that we love and we want to visit here, but um, it's been good to, to be back uh, and been good for my kids and my in-laws have been so kind and generous and accommodating <laughs> to have such a loud family and disruption to their life take over every part of their home. So I'm grateful for all of that. Just want to give a few other updates of things that you've been asking about. The first is our home. As you know, we bought a home in Salt Lake City and it, it needs to be fully um, gutted. And uh, in the fall, in October, we did a, a demo. My family all came. It's the benefits to have a, a really big family. And I think I already talked about that. And our contractor took the, uh, care of the rest of the demo work. But we have been stalled for about two months due to asbestos and plants that needed to be finalized and then finally approved. It was a much longer process expected than expected, even by our contractor. And he told me today, actually, that he heard from the city that our our plans will likely be approved tomorrow. So fingers and toes crossed that we can finally get started on this. I am so anxious for many reasons, and I will 
tell you more about that in a bit too, about how excited we are to have that home. So that's the update there. And another update you guys wanted to know was how is homeschooling going? So I did a few episodes on this. You can go back into our archive to see them, or you can go on my site and just search for homeschooling. And I will say first, I am really happy that this is the decision we made for our family this year for the many special reasons that we have to do that. And I think whatever you've chosen to to do for your family is great. Um, And in the same breath, it's been good and hard. If I look ahead to thinking I need to do this for another six months, I get very overwhelmed and a little claustrophobic. (laughs) Um, I think that in large part has to do with you know, we're still living in a small space in the base in a, in a dark basement and trying to do that well. And it's difficult. Um, but I, I'm, you know, glad we're doing it for our kids and their needs that they have. And I definitely know that in the new year, um, or not the new year, but in the new school year in the fall that they will definitely love to return to school. And I, I think that might be right for them. So time will tell. So it's good. It's good. And I'm glad we're doing it. And it's also very hard. And my hat goes off to all of you homeschoolers who are in this for the long haul. You are my heroes. Um, so that's it for an update there. Oh, except two things. I'm so excited to tell you about um, that I have worked really hard on getting certified in two coaching certification programs. One is with Optimize. And this program has totally transformed my life in ways that I can't wait to tell you more about in time, but it's also transformed what I can do for my clients. And this program, Optimize, required 300 days of me working on myself so that I can then help my clients and help the people of this community, you who are listening. And I am so proud of myself. It has literally taken hours of study and implementation to get certified. And I've actually signed on for a second year because it was that transformative. This this was the kind of good hard that I like to talk about when I share hard is good. That's what Optimize was for me. So I am officially certified as a coach. I'm so thrilled. And the second certification I just received is with Tiny Habits, which is a program by BJ Fogg, who I hope to have on the episode um, on the podcast later this year in 2021. And I am so excited to have the certification and I will again tell you more about that too. But those are two other things that have been happening lately. I finished those two programs. I'm really proud of myself and I hope that you will openly share the things that you are proud of and that you've worked hard on too, because we should. All right, my friends, I normally do one other segment where I share what I learned and I realized I don't really think you need to know that. I don't know. I, I don't think you knew. Um, if you like to know how I got schooled and you like to hear kind of a recap on what I took away from a theme, email me and let me know. Um, but I thought, let's skip it this time because what I'm going to do instead is share an answer to the, my own prompt that I gave you. Now, the prompt that I gave the community was 2020 taught to me. And we get to hear in a few minutes from incredible progressors who share the invaluable lessons that they gleaned from such a difficult and trying year. So what we're going to do is first, I'm going to share with you what I learned from 2020. It's not going to be that I am stronger than I thought I was. Although if a few of you said that in your answer. I totally love it. And I think it's a great answer. But I am consolidating the many lessons of, you know, hard lessons that I learned this year into three main categories. Because 2020 taught me the importance of these three things. And funnily enough, they all start with the letter H and I love accidental assimilation, wink, wink. Um, So 
2020 taught me the importance of home, hobbies, and habits. Let's start with home. As with all of our greatest lessons, they usually come from the hardest of experiences. And I feel that way about this one in particular, um, the importance of home. Because we have, one, been at home in our literal houses and homes more than ever. We have been home more than ever. That has taught me the importance of having a warm, inviting, and loving place that is your very own, that is yours, that you have made it your own, from the art that you put on the walls to the colors you've selected for, for the pillows or the rugs. And it's not about the things, it's about the feelings that those things create. It's about it feeling like your domain and and it being a place that is yours. Now, we were in the home and a a tiny home for a, a few months before we sold it. So, you know, we were all in tight together and that was difficult and also wonderful at the same time because it helped me see like how awesome it is to have when we had those moments, those good moments, we were like, it feels good to be in this place where we can escape from the world together and be together. And now we've been outside of our home for seven months. And although we are so lucky to be living with our parents and now my in-laws for the past three weeks, and they've been nothing but welcoming and kind and generous to us, it's still not ours. And even though it's it, it could be far worse, my goodness, I can't even think about that. That sense of displacement is still real. And I, I do have to validate that and honor that. Like, I, I, I wouldn't have easily talked about this online uh, because it seems so um, out of touch for what the world is facing, how so many don't have a home and are even struggling to put food on, food on the tables, let alone have a warm home to be in. So we have that. But it's not ours quite yet. And we are just really looking forward to having a home that is ours to call home again. And again, it's not about the things, um, but it is about creating this home and making it be our own. So we are really excited for that. And that's something I learned a lot in 2020, um, just the importance of home. The second thing I learned the importance of is hobbies. Oh, This is also because of the juxtaposition of not being able to have it in the same way I had before. And I must admit, I I think I took that for granted. Um, I thought my time was very limited and it was. um, But this year definitely stripped away all the fat. (laughs) The fat was all removed. Um, I'm watching away right now. So I'm thinking about animals and how good that fat is that they need those for. And when that's stripped away, they lose not only, you know, the energy that they need, but they, they lose the life source, they lose their light and sparkle and who they are. And it's the same way with hobbies. It's like those animals that the fat gets stripped away and you don't have that spark and the energy that you need to be you to navigate the hard that you're going through from a place of a strong sense of identity and fulfillment. Now, this is something that my Strive Hive works a lot on. And just the past few weeks, we accidentally on Instagram and in our community did a challenge called I Am On The List. And I meant it to just be something where we we talked about it for a few days. But the powerful response I got from this community overwhelmed me and showed me that this is what we are starving for that we are starving for. And I know this sounds so trite, but it's true, friends, hobbies, to feel like ourselves, to have moments to ourselves where we are creative, we are, we are leaning into our interests, where we are being curious and, and we are feeling like we are doing something that matters to us so that we can have that sense, that strong sense of who we are. 
And if you are in that place right now where you are feeling especially low, I would honestly say pick up a hobby. And you might be rolling your eyes at me, but paint by the numbers or reading about World War II, whatever it is for you, I promise you, you will be amazed by how far even 10 minutes of investing in yourself will take you. And so while I definitely have had even more limited time this year, just like you, to invest in my hobbies, it's also taught me how undeniably important they are to our lives. And so this fall, I felt especially depleted like many of you, and I realized that that was something I needed to truly prioritize. So that ukulele I bought in February, (laughs) I finally picked it up and I took a free class on YouTube and my husband and I bought Masterclass. It was a buy one, get one. So we are both watching Masterclass videos and I'm truly enjoying them. And I've like learned how to be an actress from Natalie Portman. So it's not like it's going to have a literal product at the end of it, but just leaning into the things that I love has brought me back the zest and the energy and the wherewithal I needed, the clarity I needed to do what I needed to do the past few months, which entailed a lot of sacrifice, a lot of sacrifice. So friends, hobbies matter. And as a community, we're going to talk more and more about this. And if you want to figure that out, by the way, join the Strive Hive, just a little plug there. Um, if it's not open right now, sign up for the wait list. Third and final thing I want to share of what 2020 taught me, the importance of is habits. Or do we say our habits? I don't know. Depends on if you're looking at it as singular or plural, right? <laughs> habits, my friends, another thing yet again that we might have taken for granted. When we um, were frantically trying to put our house up for sale in California, and this was in the middle of me not being able to have any help doing that, um, I largely, one, modeled our whole house to be sold, sold it by owner, largely on my own too. Um, Thank you, Brad, for your help too. Um, And then packed up our house and moved while also homeschooling our kids and trying to squeeze in work where I could. Um, You know, habits, they suffered. And I felt that. I felt that difference because the first thing to go always for me is sleep. And maybe some other things that are missing include just feeding myself well. And as we moved into the summer of being Utah, I had to have a come to Jesus moment of of again, telling myself, Monica, you are naturally a night owl, but this doesn't work well for you. And you have slipped back into going to bed late to be productive. I'm in order to be productive. And now you're dealing with insomnia again of getting up at one in the morning and not going back to sleep again the rest of the night. So I had to come back, come back to some basic but necessary habits to get me back on my feet again. And I'm still working on it. I'm working to get back to my early to rise habit and early to bed. It's a constant struggle, but I will say that prioritizing that has made a huge difference for me. What is that for you? What habits have been really suffering and you as a result? I think, you know, what we've learned is uh, we sacrifice so much to keep everyone afloat, but it comes at the expense of ourselves with those hobbies and with our habits until we have nothing left to give. When I look back to five years ago, the reason that About Progress exists is for two reasons. One, because I started to prioritize my hobbies again. And two, because I also prioritized habits and working on myself again. 
And I started both of those things with no outcome in mind, just the betterment of myself, just the journey of progress. And I won't say like I've arrived because I haven't. None of us will arrive. There's always another level to go to, something more to reach for. And that's just part of being human. That's what makes us humans. Um, But I am grateful for those five years prior to 2020, because I think if I hadn't already had my early midlife crisis and realized that I was empty and lost, and if I hadn't had that, I wouldn't have already started to anchor into the importance of hobbies and habits. Um, Not to say it helped me magically get through this time. Nope. I have messed up and slipped up in so many ways, but I at least knew how to get myself back up again. And I hope that can be the case for you. All right, progressors, that is what I learned from 2020. That is what it taught me. I hope this wasn't too indulgent for you to listen to me for this long. But then again, I have to remind myself, I, I get full of self-doubt, friends. I still do. When I think, does anybody care? Am I, am I talking too long? Is this really valuable? Is this helping at all? But I'm just doing my best and I'm doing it messily and I'm doing it off the cuff and I'm speaking from my heart right now. I don't have notes in front of me and I'm grateful that I can do that here. And I hope you feel safe enough to do that too. I am privileged and honored to have women who listen to the show, who contribute to our community, and who submitted these Dear Progressor notes that follow. I hope this gives you peace and hope and perspective as it as it did me to hear these voices of women from our, our community. And I hope that every time you hear my call to send in a Dear Progressor note, you think, it's my turn now and I can do it. So now let's turn to hear from our fellow Progressors what they have learned and what 2020 taught them. Hi, Monica. Uh, My name is Robin, and I have been listening to your show for two years. Um, And this is the first time I've ever interacted with you or with the um, community. Um, Every time that you ask for listener submissions, I really want to share because I've had so many really great aha moments, um, but I never could. And I think part of that, well, First of all, I think there are a lot of people who are like me probably. Um, And part of it is that um, I would tell myself, well, I'm not an expert. I'm not eloquent enough. Whatever I say is not going to make sense. It's going to be a mess. And so I stopped myself. Um, But as I was listening to, re-listening to one of your episodes this morning, um, in your very intro part, you say that you want this to not just be about listening, but you want it to be something that changes um, people. And so this is my attempt at changing. Um, so like I said, I've been listening for two years and two years ago we bought a house and it was a complete fixer upper. Um, and because of budget, we had to do a lot of the work ourselves and we had very minimal skills and no experience in anything but like painting walls. And so, Um, We were living in this mess. Our house was torn up. We were six weeks into the renovation and I was painting like a third coat of white paint over the ugly oak trim and something in me just snapped and I just burst into tears and I could not stop crying. I couldn't calm myself down and I couldn't stop crying for like days and weeks. And um, my family, my parents came to help. My husband was amazing and came to help. And Um, we were able to get me into a really great, um, therapist and start working through some issues that had kind of always been under the surface. And I think had just been triggered by this really big, um, 
move and remodel and just overwhelm for my perfectionist self. It was too much. And um, so in the course of all this renovating and starting therapy and things, I was, of course, scouring Pinterest for decorating ideas. And that is how I came across your podcast. I saw a picture of you sitting on your couch and you had this really cute ledge behind you with pictures on it. And I pinned it because I wanted to copy it for my house. And so that was my first um, experience with you was based on your interior design. Um, But as I, as I looked into that post and saw that you had this podcast called about progress, um, I started listening and um I loved it. And in fact, I even shared a lot of what I was learning from you with my therapist who, of course, like everything you were saying, just really complimented everything he was saying and we were working on and, um, and it was a really awesome thing. And so even though I'm not, um, meeting regularly with a therapist anymore, I am still listening to your show. And, um, so I guess that's the first thing I want you to know how much of an impact you have had on my life and how much your podcast has helped me. And so I just really appreciate you. I just want you to know that. Um, But my purpose in sharing today is because I wanted you to know um, how much I have loved this theme of abundance this month. Um, And as I've listened, I've realized that um, I'm not only viewing my friendships and my finances and my body from a place of scarcity, um, but really like deep down, that's how I view myself is from this place of scarcity that I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. And so there were two things that really stood out to me this month. Um, And the first was something you said in your introductory episode, talking about just the definition of abundance and that we see and we value what we have and who we are and what we do as enough, that we're good enough. Um, And I remember early on in my therapy, um, my therapist was asking me to um, if I felt like I was good enough and he asked me to say the words, I am good enough. And I couldn't do it. I could not repeat those words. And so, um, as I've been thinking about abundance and how those things, um, like, I just haven't been able to say that I'm a good mom or that my talents are good enough or that I am good enough. And in thinking about abundance and trying to shift that mindset, um, That's something I really want more of in my life. Like I want to see and value what I have and who I am and just feel like that's enough. Um, And I love that you also pointed out that abundance brings gratitude and empowerment. And those are two things that I really, really want in my life. I want to be grateful for what I have because it is enough Um, and it's more than enough. And I want to feel empowered that when I feel like who I am is enough, I'm more willing to share myself and I'm more willing to reach out to others and do the things that bring me so much joy, but that are really hard to do when I don't feel like I'm enough. Um, One of the other things I really loved this month was from your episode with Preeti Harbuck. And she was just at the very end, she just said like her kind of final message was for us to choose confidence. Um, Because I absolutely agree that it is so easy to get on Instagram or Facebook and and see everything that everyone else has going on and seeing that as they just have all these amazing things. And really, what do I have? Like, I have nothing. And that's not true. Our life is what we make of it, just like she was saying. And um, so I really want to start choosing more confidence in the path that I have chosen. I love that she said that. 
Um, and just really believing that what I have is enough. You know, I am a good mom. I do love my kids. I have talents and skills and I'm enough. Um, so, you know, as part of my progress, I really want to commit to sharing more of myself with other people, to valuing what I have, valuing who I am, um, and viewing myself as enough. So that's where I'm at right now. I'm really excited um, to kind of have had these realizations, and I'm grateful um, for you choosing this topic because I don't think I would have had these thoughts if you hadn't been um, highlighting this theme for the month. So um, I just want to say thank you for, um, I love what you say at the end of your show and you say, you know, the hug and the kick in the pants, because it really has been. And even though it's taken me two years to act on that kick in the pants, um, I want you to know just how appreciated you are and how much your work is impacting lives, even when, you know, we have different things that are keeping us from reaching out and expressing that to you. So I just want you to know um, how appreciated you are and um, keep up the really amazing, great work. Thank you again. Hello, Monica. What I've learned from this year is to just put one foot in front of the other, not even just looking to the end of the day, but just putting one foot in front of the other. I don't even think what what goals I have, um, just keeping on going and keeping on doing the next thing. And I don't even have to plan, just keep doing the next thing to, you know, keep me and the family um, pretty comfortable. And I have also learned um, that I just need to embrace the role I'm in right now, which is a mom to four, including a little tiny one. And that might mean that I don't have a lot of time to do everything that I want, but I have also learned that I need to take time for myself, which right now is going on a walk for two to two and a half miles every day and occasionally doing hand lettering, and it's totally fine if I put the TV on for the kids while I'm taking care of myself. So anyways, I am interested in hearing what other people say. Thanks so much. Bye. 2020 taught me that my little family is the most important people in the world to me. Now, that sounds like a given. That sounds like something I should already know. And deep down, I already do know that, that my husband, my three children are the most important humans on the planet to me. However, I think um, despite knowing that, I think I've forgotten that a little bit over the last few years. Friendships have always been extremely important to me, friends and and social gatherings and all those things have always been very, very important. But I think, and I think I've been guilty of that famous line of giving the best um, to others and giving the least to those that matter most. And so sometimes I think I've been guilty of that in the past, of giving my best to my friends and giving my family what's left over. And 2020 taught me that that's not the way I should be doing it, that that's not where my priorities should lie. Because we had to rely on each other exclusively, just the five of us in our house, it really taught me that I need these people. They need me. They're the most important people in my life. I love my friends, and I love having good friendships. But friendships take a little bit of a backseat, and they should, to our family, which is the most important relationships we'll have in our life. And that's something 2020 has taught me. Um, I think this lesson is perfect because when we moved here to this 
state that I'm in, we're in the military, I had a very hard time leaving my friends, and it made this move painful and difficult. I um, cried many tears trying <laughs> to leave my friends. But now, after going through all of this, um, spending a lot of time together and realizing that I can make friends anywhere having moved here, also with everything with the quarantining and the and the social distancing and just being with our family, I realize as long as I have my husband and my three kids, we can get through anything. We can go anywhere. We can move anywhere. And we can get through anything if we have each other and that they really are the most important people to me. So I will always be grateful to 2020 for teaching me that incredible lesson of the importance of the relationships with the people in my own home. Hey, Monica, I have to respond to your prompts that you've been asking for for this Be On The Show, Dear Progressor episode. So what 2020 has taught me? reason why I have to respond is because I feel like your podcast has just given me that hug and kick in the pants, but I have needed to go for the goals that I have that I can so easily talk myself out of. So 2020 has taught me, first of all, that I'm in control. I'm in control of my happiness and I am in control of how I spend my time. Now, of course, there are a lot of moments in quarantine, kids are all at home, where it felt like I had no control. And I feel like it took several weeks for me to finally figure out how to control my time. But I did. Figured it out. And even though some days I had 10 minutes of controlling my time, uh, well, I should say sometimes I had 10 minutes of me time. <laughs> But I was able to manage our family's time. Uh, the other thing that I feel like 2020 taught me is that I am an artist. It's almost hard to say, but I had a goal in 2020 to do more shows. And as all the shows got canceled, I pivoted. And I reached out to a recording studio and finally, finally started recording some songs that I had written years ago. And it has grown. It's grown to me. Um, I've recorded eight songs now, and I don't know if I'll really ever share them outside of my own family, but that work has made me so happy. And listening to Colby Bloom's interview with you, I shared that episode with several friends because I realized I just wasn't giving myself credit for the creator and the artist that I actually am. And it's sad it's taken me so long to figure that out. But creating has made me so happy. So thank you for this prompt. And thank you for helping me really sit down and think about what 2020 has taught me. See you later. Hi, Monica. 2020 has taught me a lot of things. One of them being that it's okay to slow down. I realized that I was a lot of times just being busy for busy's sake and wasn't always focusing on the things that really matter and not always living intentionally. And so I'm thankful for that lesson that 2020 taught me and that it's okay and imperative to take care of myself so that I can better handle the challenges that come my way and better help other people. And I appreciate the reminders, the continuous reminders of that because I I need it. And I also taught me that 
it's important for me to think for myself and to try to understand other people's um, ideas and beliefs and opinions, but that I don't have to be threatened if someone else's opinions or ideas or beliefs are different than mine and that we can, it doesn't mean that we can't um, still work together and um, be unified as people even if we have different uh, ways of thinking. And I appreciate this um, opportunity to be able to kind of think about the things that I've learned from this year and hopefully I can carry these forward into the new year. Hey, Monica, it's Leandra from Lehigh, Utah. I am calling to answer the question, what did 2020 teach me? Um, 2020 taught me that I can pick myself back up after I fall down and that it doesn't matter how many times my feet get knocked out from underneath me. It's okay to sit on the ground sometimes, breathe a little bit deeper, and then pick myself up when I'm ready. Another thing that 2020 taught me was that sometimes it's okay to say goodbye to things that don't serve you anymore, and you will need to end up walking through a period of life alone, and that's scary. It doesn't feel very fun, but it's part of the growth process, and I've learned, and I'm learning to stop fighting it so much. So that's what 2020 taught me. Thank you so much for the work that you do, and I'm excited to hear from the rest of our community. 2020 taught me how to watch myself suffer. And I know that's kind of strange. I feel like I'm a lot more used to seeing other people suffer because I've had like a super charmed life. And I think that like many of us, 2020 just hit us really hard. And so that's what 2020 taught me is, is how to sit with myself when I'm suffering. And also how to take that knowledge of what it feels like to suffer and put it towards somebody else, um, feel compassion and, um, really empathize with people who are in pain now, um, but also just throughout the entire history of the world. And I think that's one of the reasons why 2020 has been so overwhelming um, is because when we're noticing suffering, it's just endless. Um, so, but Monica, I have to tell you that your this last month has been so inspiring to me, these episodes. And um, so I'm going to do something super crazy and scary for me. And I'm going to write up or sorry, I'm going to read a poem that I wrote just kind of in response to your question and also just kind of feeling this um, like this surge of creativity that I feel like was unlocked um, listening this past month to your um, episodes. So um, if you heard that beep, it's just my oven. It's preheated and ready for the cornbread to go in. <laughs> okay, so 
Here's the poem. The line. My fears and reality usually like to sit pretty far apart, but not today. Today I watched them move closer and closer. Even my optimism was bracing itself for the worst. I watched as the space between my fears and reality practically disappeared like magic. But my imagination's hope soon grew disgusted. And I shut my eyes, only to realize my disgust was holding curiosity's hand. And so I looked on. I watched until the space was just a thin line. One thin line separating my fears and reality. Then, as if I were looking through drops of salty water, the line blurred. Heart pounded, head hung, chest heaved, hands clutched, gut wrenched, drops fell. Did my tears blur the line, or did my fears blur the line? One thing is clear. I watched myself cry today. I watched myself cry. How magnificent were each of these women. My heart goes out to every single one of you who took the time to contribute to the show. It warms me in ways that I can't describe to hear real women in this community who are being affected by what we are doing here. And when I say we, I mean it. I hope you can feel it because I could not do this work alone. And I am overwhelmed daily by the powerful forces of good that we have in our community and what I learn from from you. I often feel very inadequate because there's so many of you who I know who could be in my shoes and be doing a better job. And I hope you do. I hope you will make your own podcast or form your own community or do whatever you feel called to do because there is special power and gifts in every single one of you who listen. And yet I'm here. And yet I'm the one behind this microphone. I'm doing my darndest friends and it sure is messy, but I'm overwhelmed by the support and the space that you give me to show up messy. And I'm grateful that you do that in turn. Thank you for ending this year. Can we just say this crappy year? Can I just say that? Thank you for ending this crappy year on the highest note. <laughs> I needed it and I hope you did too. My friends, 2021 is going to be better. Maybe not because of our circumstances, but because we will rise up and we will be able to become better together. And that was cheesy. Boy, was that cheesy. But I'm here for it. I'm here for it, friends. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next year. Keep growing. And remember, life is about progress, not perfection. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.